This is the Illinois Nutrient Loss Reduction Podcast, Episode 36. Are these tools in your toolbox? Drones. I'm University of Illinois Extension's Todd Gleason. Today we'll explore how drones are being used on the farm, whether that be in extension and academic settings or on the farm itself. We'll begin with the extension side and have a discussion with Dennis Bowman. I am Dennis Bowman currently serving as interim assistant dean for ag and natural resources programming for extension and also a commercial ag educator specializing in uh, precision agriculture and technology and speaking of technology you were an early adopter a very early adopter of utilizing drones how do you use them in your current work so um a couple of different ways. So one of the big things I've always spent a lot of my time in extension doing is teaching about crop scouting. And so drones are just a really great tool to extend your reach and your vision um, and the time of year when you can, can look at fields. Um, so that's one of the areas where I've always, you know, where I really saw drones. And one of the reasons I started investigating drones was to, to help out as a crop scouting tool. Um, but also in my job, it just as a as troubleshooting for crop problems, um, getting that big picture of a field, um, remote sensing imagery on demand. Anytime you want it, you've got the drone, you can go out to a field and, and collect the information. And also to document things over time as things change throughout the season to, to get an idea of, of where uh, problems might be occurring and to develop that record of, of different things that can go on. I work with a lot of research projects on campus looking at different things and the way we ways we can use drones to, to collect information about a crop. One of those projects is uh, kind of a soybean variety um, situation where we're trying to look at the different maturities of a whole bunch of different soybean lines, um, hundreds of soybean lines. Um, and so we can, during, as we approach maturity, we can start flying the drone every week and, and catching up minor changes in color as those different lines start to get in, move into uh, maturity. And you can kind of get a, you know, can document um, what the maturity ratings and um, when, uh, when the appropriate harvest time might be are there conservation practices with which you find drones useful? Water has such a huge impact on, on our crops, um, both um, too little and too much. And with too much water, you can get the potholes in the field and, and mapping out those um, areas. Um, a drone is really handy for, for mapping out some of those wet spots and keeping track of them. Um, and also for the erosion side of of, uh, of water management. You know, a lot of, with the size of farms and, and some of the staff on farms, uh, the operator may not actually operate at the, a combine or a, a tractor in all the farms that they're, they're farming and cover every acre every year. And so um, using a, a bare soil um, drone flight before the crop is, is planted or in the fall after harvest, um, you can you can look for those areas and you can see um, erosion when it, where it's starting to occur and see how extensive it is. And you might not be aware that um, with the drones and you think of flat pictures, um, but the drones by taking a series of pictures as they fly over a field can actually do a technique that's called photogrammetry. And 
even just by flying over the field and taking these uh, this grid these grids of pictures, you can computers can take those pictures and put them together into a 3D model, and so you can actually build an elevation model that shows the erosion, the depth of the of the gullies, um, the ex how extensive they are. Um, and with certain software, you can actually go in and, and map out the volume of soil that's been removed um, by these gullies. Or if you're going to do some construction practices to try, try to collect, correct these things, um, you can get an idea of, of how much um, fill might be needed um, to, to try to fix some of these problems. What do you see in the near and distant future for uses uh, related to drones? Well, I think that the technology is going to get more automated. Um, uh, the processing is going to get faster. I mean, that's one of the big challenges that I have with my drones is that when I fly uh, a hundred acre field um, and if I'm flying fairly low to get high resolution, um, I'm going to have over a thousand pictures that have to be merged together for me to be able to really see the whole picture. And so the, the amount of computing time it takes to t take all those small images and merge them into one big high resolution image um, is several hours. Um, and uh, it takes a lot of computer power and a lot of patience. And if something goes wrong, um, then you've got to start over again. So I see the, the software getting better. I see it getting more automated. So the, there's less uh, actual operator um, time spent on the operation. And, and the drones are, are out there collecting the data, um, feeding it into a central location. The uh, processing is automated. And uh, you can actually just jump right into looking at the images, um, doing the analysis, doing the comparisons, um, having the, that historical record automated and, and made for you. So you can just look from one map to the next and, and, and automatically it, it highlights where the differences have occurred. Um, so there's some really neat things that I think are, are happening. And also the different wavelengths. Uh, a lot of times we really focus in on just the visual wavelengths that we look at with our eyes. Um, they can tell us a lot, but by looking at some of these other wavelengths um, that can tell us more about maybe the organic matter levels in different parts of the field and the surface of the soil, the water holding capacity, the, and then the crop health. Um, some of those indices that we can use to, to ma map um, where the stress pot spots are in the field. Clearly, drones can be fun. They can be used to uh, simply document video of harvest or planting or those sorts of things that are great to look at. However, for agricultural purposes, are there uh, other things that you need to be aware of related to licensing or rules uh, and how you might go about actually putting this into use on the farm? Absolutely. So, I mean, you do, if you're going to use a drone for your business, you do need uh, an FAA um, pilot's license for unmanned aerial vehicles um, in order to operate that for any business purpose. Um, the license is good for two years. You have to pass a fairly extensive test. Um, there's uh, several online courses or um, uh, weekend courses that you could take that can get you up to speed pretty quickly uh, with enough knowledge to pass the exam. Um, and it's not it's not impossible to do yourself, um, 
but uh, and there's a lot of online free online resources you can use as well to, to get that information but you do have to pass the exam um, pay the the fee and then um, every two years you have to um, take a recurrency exam to, to make sure that you're still up on all your knowledge um, and then you just need to be aware of what some of the laws are um, again um, on how to use drones um, and where you can safely use them if you're near an airport that causes some problems but you need by going through the uh, uh, the education to get the license um, you learn the rules of where you can fly um, and how to go about getting approval if you are near an airport and you have fields um, within five miles of a airport that's uh, operates commercially then um, you're going to have to to go through some extra hoops of uh, getting permissions um, and you learn all about that as you as you go through the study guides for the uh, exam. Any advice for farmers or landowners that are considering having some drone work done on their operations? Um, you, you can get a, a, a decent drone with uh, uh, that's uh, fairly easy to fly, um, has some good cameras on it that's that work in the visual spectrum. Um, you can do that for around $1,000 or someplace between $1,000 and $2,000. You can get very nice uh, uh, drones that are easy to fly. We'll do some of these automated operations and do some of this mapping. Um, or you can uh, get more survey grade things that are going to cost a little more and have a contractor um, that has uh, some of these uh, uh, more powerful drones that can do some of this work for you. Um, but as, as a scouting tool, I think it's it's something that a lot of farmers ought to have in their toolbox because it just it gives you that ability to get up over the field um, anytime you want, um, get back to the back of the field, um, see things that you can't see from the road, um, especially later in the season as those crops get bigger. It gets much harder to see um, some of the far ends of those fields. That was Dennis Bowman. He's interim assistant dean for Ag and Natural Resources here on the Urbana-Champaign campus of the University of Illinois and has specialized over the recent years in drones and their use on farms. He spoke there at the end of how farmers might be able to incorporate them, and we wondered just a little bit about how producers are using drones in their operations. Scott Erickson is from the Galesburg area, and I called and asked him about what he's doing. Okay, um, I'm Scott Erickson. I farm with my dad and uncle on our family farm. Uh, we are around the Galesburg, Illinois area, which is about an hour from Peoria. Um, we do corn and soybeans, and we farrow to finish hogs. So we have a little bit of everything going on. Um, most, I would say, 90% of our uh, crop ground is rotated corn and soybeans. And uh, we have the other remainder is in uh, corn on corn. A lot of that ground is along a, a creek that runs pretty much through all of our farms. It seems like it seems like when my grandpa and great grandpa were trying to find farms, they looked for ones that this creek ran through because every single farm pretty much has it going through the middle of it. Um, Conservation-wise, we do mostly no-till. Um, we do some chisel plowing, light light plowing on the corn on corn ground, but uh, other than that, that's about it. Do you use drones in the operation? I do. I have uh, I have a drone. I first bought it. Well, I bought my first one four or five years ago for the same reason everybody does, just to see if I could take cool pictures around the farm. But then I kind of realized that it, it does work a lot 
I, I use it a lot more for work than what I anticipated. Um, like I said, that that ground that is is uh, going the, with the creek running through it, a lot of that we have flood issues, and I have gotten a better drone because I want to be able to fly over that creek line and be able to see, okay, here it's holding water and here it's it's coming out here and we need to do some some erosion control or, or um, this farm's going to need some tile because it seems like it's holding water longer than others. And yeah, I've, I've really liked using a drone and it, it seems to help us out a lot. So you fly it when water is up and you can't get in, but you're able to understand how it's flowing at that point? Exactly. Yep. I could see where, um, like a lot of our, the, the creek that's running through our farms is a really deep bank creek. And uh, a lot of the farms are pretty much pattern tiled, but there is some spots where you can tell when the water comes out, it takes a little bit more of the bank with it every year. And just every couple of years, you have to just do some erosion control. And it's a lot easier to see that when the water's up. And it's definitely a lot easier to see when I don't have to wear mud boots to walk around out trying to figure out where the water's coming out at. Have you used it to go up and see where wet areas might be earlier in the spring uh, and i'm thinking about the possibility of you know putting tile in the wet areas because you're able to locate them more easily uh, given the t- amount of tile you apparently already have on the farm that's that's actually a really interesting question because i just got done doing that last week uh, we had a pretty good rain at the beginning we just finished our our planting uh, first round of planting anyways and uh, we had a rain last week and I took the drone up to, I was actually kind of looking at emergence to try to see where the, the trouble spots would possibly be on a farm that we, I did uh, some cover crop on last year. And when I had the drone up in the air, I could see some spots that from the air, they almost looked like drowned out spots, but they weren't. They're just a little wetter than what the rest of the farm is. And that, that farm, I actually took some pictures and sent them to my tiling company and they're going to come put some tile in whenever they get back around this area, just to those spots, just uh, pretty much exactly for what you just asked me. Anything about uh, the drones that you think producers, farmers, those interested in flying one might want to know just about flying them or about the applications you use it for? Um, I would say the biggest thing is the the government regulations of having to get your, your uh, FCC license there it's not hard to do it's not uh it's not a tough test it's pretty much all common sense stuff but there you you do have to jump through some hoops there just like anything um the actual flying of the drones the i guess i I had said that i had had two different ones and my first one was kind of a low dollar one under a thousand dollars and i mean that that's still expensive but it was hard to fly it was one of those uh it took some serious getting used to, to, to be able to do what I needed to do with it. And my newer one that I purchased last year, it's a, a more advanced, um, tech, technologically wise, it's more advanced and it was obviously more money, but it, it almost flies itself. I mean, it, it's definitely not anything to be afraid of on, uh, I, I don't want to spend $2,000 on something and then not be able to fly it. It's definitely not a, not anything you need to get be worried about on that. It's not a very sharp learning curve on the newer, nicer stuff. Have you hooked it to your field maps, and do you fly patterns with it? I mine will fly patterns. I don't 
do that uh, just because I, I don't really see a whole lot of information that I need to see when I go to fly patterns. You could, it's, it's got a software in it to where you could do a point to point thing and you could basically fly the four corners of the farm, um, whether that's an 80 or a 160 or whatever it is. Um, but I, I don't use that personally, but I do know some guys that do. Uh, but my, my biggest thing I use mine for is uh, like farm ground that we rent or uh, lease from, whether that be a family member or a landlord, I'll fly up and take a picture. I try to do it every week, but I don't always get it done once the corn's up out of the ground. And it, it'll give you a pretty good idea on the progress of the farm. And you don't have to do that Sunday afternoon drive to go take a look at the farm to see what things are doing. <laughs> That's Scott Erickson. He's a farmer near Galesburg, Illinois. And as you just heard, he does deploy a drone from time to time for a little landlord maintenance during the growing season. We're now joined by Teresa Steckler. She works for University of Illinois Extension uh, and specializes in beef production. I'll have her introduce herself. All right. I am Teresa Steckler. I'm a commercial ag educator. My office is located at the Dixon Springs Ag Center. I work primarily with ruminant livestock producers. Um, Beef uh, is the bulk of that, but I also work with small ruminant producers, sheep and goats as well. I have statewide responsibilities. Yeah, we've talked about crop scouting with drones earlier in this podcast. How do you use them in your research and with livestock? I am currently trying to recruit cattlemen who need assistance with their pastures. Um, The last several years in southern Illinois, we've had very poor spring weather, wet and cold, which didn't lend itself to the growth of the forages very well. And in the falls, we've had some very dry falls. And the culmination of all this is a lot of overgrazing of our pastures. The pastures just haven't had time to be rested. And once you have pastures that are overgrazed, that lends itself to having invasive species or forages that do not, uh, are not very consumable for the livestock, such as multiflora rose, your horseweed, thorn trees, pigweed, and you need to uh, give these pastures time to recuperate. And unfortunately, a lot of these gentlemen just don't have that option. So one of the things that I've been trying to do is get cattlemen to do at least more of a rotational graze. That is, that way the, the, the grasses have somewhere between three to five days, maybe seven days to recover from being grazed and also working with them spot spraying. Well, one of the nice things that the drones can do is instead of having to go drive over the entire pasture, we can just fly over and it's quicker, it's easier, and the the cattlemen actually can get a whole different perspective and really target those areas and um, possibly set aside the really poor sections and uh, work on those as far as spot spraying and uh, either bush hog and also it helps us to figure out the lay of the land where the uh, creeks might be and how we can work with waters whether we need to make a wagon wheel 
take a wagon wheel approach or just make squares out of it, but figure out what's the best layout that's the easiest for the cattleman to implement these changes. Any advice uh, to those who want to start using drones in their operations? First, you you must be uh, have a license to be able to operate them, and it's really not a bad process. There's uh, some really good companies out there, but probably is one of the biggest things is take the time to really look over your pastures, get a before you just go out there, get a plan in mind, and figure out how you can optimize your grass production. Um, The best thing to do is let those girls harvest the grass as opposed to you feeding them hay in the fall time. And I've worked with other producers not using a drone, but setting up rotational grazing. And generally, depending on the, the season, we can get an additional month of grazing out of those areas that are rotationally grazed. Teresa Steckler is with University of Illinois Extension and a commercial agriculture educator. She was joined on this episode 36 of the Illinois Nutrient Loss Reduction Podcast by Dennis Bowman, also an Extension commercial agriculture educator from the University of Illinois, along with Scott Erickson, who's a farmer from the Galesburg area. Our program was produced in conjunction with Illinois Extension Watershed Outreach Associates, Jennifer Jones and Rachel Curry. I'm Illinois Extension's Todd Gleason.